the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Three. Business 1440 KYCR Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group, streaming worldwide at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. For the first time since early March, President Trump tonight will be holding one of his signature political rallies. Here's White House correspondent Greg Cluxton. The president is resuming his big, boisterous rallies, which came to a halt because of the coronavirus outbreak. Tonight, inside and outside the BOK Arena in Tulsa, Oklahoma, tens of thousands of people will be on hand to see the president. We're going to have a great time. We're going to talk about our nation. We're going to talk about where we're going, where we've come from. The rally comes despite concerns about putting the public's health at risk. It also takes place amid a national conversation about racial equality and the use of police force. Greg Clugston, Washington. And White House correspondent Greg Clugston will be traveling with President Trump to Tulsa tonight and will be providing on-scene reporting for us from the rally. It gets underway at 8 o'clock Eastern time tonight. This is SRN News. Imagine setting a goal for yourself today that will help you and your family forever. There are amazing opportunities in the markets right now. Improving your financial awareness provides the path for you to be the best steward of your money. Maybe it's to manage your broker better, or learning the skills to self-direct, or maybe it's to create a little extra income. Start improving your financial awareness today. Call Online Trading Academy at 952-814-4410 or go to learnwithota.com. This is a national health care alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket cost. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. Toll free at this number. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pair of diabetic socks as our special gift to you. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and have insurance, you may qualify to get free delivery of your supplies. 800-439-7409. 800-439-7409. That's 800-439-7409. Looking to disinfect? American Pressure has solutions for you. In stock, we've got our MDM 1500, our mobile disinfecting cart, featuring a four-wheel, easy-to-maneuver cart, 50-foot of hose, and a high-pressure pump for great misting action. Call us today at 763-521-4442 to find out more. 
The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. I'm excited. This economy is on fire. It's the King Banyan Show. Let me emphasize that correlation is not causation. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Unemployment is low because everyone has two jobs. Please bring on the recession. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now, here's King Banyan. Inflation getting higher. Makes it harder. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Thank you for listening. 651-289-4477. 651-289-4477. Number to call with questions and comments. I am still looking. For someone, you must be a financial professional of some kind. I need someone who has really good knowledge of the industry to help me thrash out this story. I'll just give you the the very basics, the very beginning of the story. Note found on his computer by his peers. This is from Forbes, reported out on... on um, on June 17th, so this would have been Wednesday of this week. The note found on his computer by his parents on June 12th, 2020, asked a simple question. How was a 20-year-old with no income able to get assigned almost a million dollars worth of leverage? Unquote. That tragic message was written by Alexander E. Kearns, a 20-year-old student from the University of Nebraska, home, uh, home from college and living with his parents in Naperville, Illinois, earlier that day, Kearns took his own life. All right, so the story is about a person, and you can hear the word leverage, meaning I, we are, he, in short, thought he had bankrupted his entire future and committed suicide. And I'm actually not as interested in the fact that he was wrong in that perception. But I, it gives me a way to talk about something much broader than that. And so that's what I want to do. So if you are, in fact, interested in talking with me this hour and you are in the financial sector, and particularly if you have, if you're someone who has been licensed to, to trade or to give, give financial advice, I'm interested in hearing from you. 651 we will keep we will hold you to have your own segment with me to discuss this story and if you haven't seen the story i'd tell you if you're if you're interested in talking about it go find the story first uh, i will tweet it again at the break just in case in case you missed it we tweeted it earlier this week it was brought to me actually by uh by engineer steve smith who uh is the person who as much as anybody helps the uh, king banyan show stay on the air uh, and so, so we thank him as well. So I promise to do the story and I do want to talk about it to some degree, but we've been, this has been, this is sort of like, so we had the week of the fed last week. You can find the podcast at twincitiesbusinessradio.com. This is a week where we're sort of sinking our teeth into what the shape of the recovery is. Cause the story of the week was, as you looked at data that was out there, you started to see individual after individual start to say, I see a bottom. What is the shape of that bottom? A lot of people think it's a swoosh, which means that the bottom begins with this very long, slow 
in increase. People are acting like, whoa, wait, this, this rebound looks to be pretty fast. I believed, and as I did, and as I talked about, I think, all the way back in March, I thought the recovery would start off with a very fast uptick. I still think you'll end up with GDP down for the year. I don't think it's going to be as bad as people would say. But this then means that our growth projections, I think, for 2021 may be too rosy. Remember that the Fed suggested that the that GDP decline for, for 2020 would be minus 6.5%, but then you'd get a 5% increase in GDP in 2021. I'm actually inclined to think that you should make the decline less in 2020, maybe in the area of 3 to 4% when all is said and done. But as a result, the growth in 2021, 5% is too high. I would, in fact, not be shocked if the next number was below, that the 2021 number, when it's all in, is a number in the threes. Then the important part of that is, if you never get back, the important part of that is the productive capacity of this economy was on a was was on a path that indicated a growth rate of about I thought between two and a half and three percent. I know there are people that said the growth rate of the economy was running at two percent and couldn't really grow faster than two percent. I believed it could grow faster than that at that time. But I don't think it's going to grow as fast now because a lot of the investment that you're seeing, I reported to you last hour that in our own survey work, what we found was investments were probably going to run at a slower rate than we previously thought. I will also note that a significant share of the respondents to our survey during our presentation on Thursday indicated that the impact of covid on commercial real estate was to decrease commercial real estate prices and to basically to lower the demand for commercial real estate. There was an equal number that said it increased, and I, I want, and I asked, I maybe I don't think I had time to ask. I wanted to ask. Well, why why would you think commercial real estate use is going to go up? We don't know that. All I know is. Our survey respondents said less investment. They're holding back on that. We see report after report that the amount of time peop- that, that, that people, businesses are saying more to their folks, particularly those in the tech sector, are saying, worker, if you want to work from home, you may. And I think that's going to decrease the value of commercial real estate in the tech sector. Now, if you sell commercial real estate or industrial space for businesses that make widgets, I don't think you're going to see I don't think you're going to see a large increase, but I don't think you're going to see a large decrease either. But clearly, there's going to have to be some investment made that has to protect those workers because we know working in closed spaces for lengthy periods of time is is a is a, a place where 
the viral load that you might receive from an infected person is going to be larger. And so businesses are going to respond to that by doing a lot of investment in protecting their workers. I'm in the process of trying to get my, our offices ready to receive students this fall. And guess what? Guess what I can't find? I can't find plexiglass. Finding face shields is hard. There's a reason why we're all using cloth masks. They're easier to get, and you can hand-make them. Getting face shields is harder, and plexiglass is even harder than that. So, why do I bring that up? For this reason. You have a pool of money that you wish to invest. Some of it's for the maintenance of your business. You're replacing depreciated assets. But a significant portion of that is going to improving business pro- your, your processes to become more, more productive. And some of that is devoted to new product development. You want to make new things. You want to make better things. You want to make th- the next great thing in the market. If you have to spend more and more money on simply protecting your workers so they don't get sick, which is not irrational, right? I'm not saying they're wrong to do that. But the fact is, the money that you put into plexiglass, you can't put into developing a new, a new app to help students figure out when their exams are. That makes them stay on course, help them pass their classes, and graduate. I can't make I can't spend the same dollar on both of those things and right now making sure our students and our faculty are safe is the is a priority. So in my own work as a dean at St. Cloud State my ability to develop to spend money on new courses on uh, on all this well that's not happening. If I'm running a, if I'm running a meatpacking plant Am I really developing a lot of processes to try to to try to figure out how to make make better products? No, I'm going to try to do two things. I'm going to try to find ways to automate so I have fewer people working there so the amount of employment in meatpacking is going to go down. And for those employees I still have there, I'm going to make significant investments in those things which allow them to be on the floor together more safely, less likely to infect each other. Because no matter how many times we tell them to wash their hands, no matter how many times we tell them, if you're sick, don't come to work, they're probably going to come to work sick. And i gotta got to protect the other people in the room. All right. So that's why the second leg has to be slower. It's not just the demand side. Okay, and this is this is my first big point of this hour. Is it's not just the demand side that's going to be slower. It's not going to be just because folks like me don't want to go into a restaurant to eat indoors yet. Maybe by winter everything's going to be okay. We see the treatments are better. We're, we're we see a vaccine is just a little bit away. We say to ourselves, or we see ourselves actually. Let's if the vaccine was close, I would say I'm going to wait till the vaccine. Right? But if I thought, well, there's going to be no vaccine for another six months, I haven't been in a restaurant for nine months, I'm probably going to start thinking about what do I want to do? How do I want to, do I want to go into that space? 
that's going to slow it down. That's going to make that second leg faster. So the swoosh, I think the first leg doesn't get you all the way there, but it's going to get you closer than I think a number of the forecasts are. So I agree with the, the Kaplan quote from before. But that second leg, I think, is slower because I don't think it's just a matter of consumers trying to find their way back and being just demand-driven. I think a fair amount of the slowness of the second piece is because investment is going to areas that are protective, not productive. Let me say that again. Investment will be there, but the investment will be going into things that are protective and not productive. And when we're protecting ourselves more and, beca- and, and increasing productivity less, the growth rate, the long-run growth rate of this economy will slow down. And that's not just a U.S. thing. That's a worldwide phenomenon that we're going to observe over the next two to three years. Until the vac- Even after the vaccine shows up, We've exposed a vulnerability. It has damaged businesses around the world. They are now going to invest in, pro- in protection so that this doesn't happen again. And that will cause the world economy to grow more slowly than we thought it was going to six months ago. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. <music> Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to Business 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. As the will of the students goes, so goes the will of the nation. This is a central theme in the new movie, Return to the Hiding Place. The film about Corey Ten Boom and her secret army of teenagers' heroic efforts to hide and save Jews from the Nazis during World War II. Corey's story was made famous by her book and original movie produced by the Billy Graham Association. Now, 45 years later, comes Return to the Hiding Place, the untold behind-the-scenes true story of Corey's secret army of student teenagers' efforts to rescue Jewish people. Told by Hans Poli, one of Corey's teens of the Resistance, Return to the Hiding Place is an action-packed film of the Dutch underground's true breathtaking rescue of an entire orphanage of Jewish children. Return to the Hiding Place, starring John Rhys-Davis. Watch this captivating movie tonight with your older children at SalemNow.com and save 20% with promo code Minneapolis. Return to the Hiding Place at SalemNow.com. Promo code Minneapolis. Due to historical content, might not be suitable for younger audiences. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation... Is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal, and families are getting out to shops, stores, and restaurants. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Business recovery plans should be ready to go right now. The marketing team at Salem Surround is ready to help, so you don't waste a minute or a dollar recapturing market share. We'll help design your recovery plan targeting potential customers with proven marketing strategies. With everything in our toolkit working for you, digital, audio, mobile, even audience-engaging contests and promotions, contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital marketing plan. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. 
SurroundMSP.com. Connecting you with new customers. Let's face it, life can get busy. Between work, trips to the cabin on the weekends, keeping your eye on the markets, with everything going on, convenience usually comes at a premium. But Business 1440 is here to make things a bit easier. With the iHeartRadio app, you can stream your favorite shows anytime, anywhere, and it's free. Download iHeartRadio from the App Store or listen online at iHeartRadio.com and stay connected with your best financial partner wherever you go. Business 1440. Get an $8,025 high-efficiency gas furnace for just $4,012 through this special offer from Blue Ox Heating and Air in this station. There's just one half-off furnace. Go to this station's website, click on the half-off home makeover banner, or call the station now. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. Well, I wasn't going to talk too much about the Fed, but I got to say a little bit because I I was very very entertained by a couple of uh, couple of audios I heard uh, this week. One of them I have been following uh, now for some time. David Bonson of the Bonson Group, which is a which is a group that basically specializes in steering people into dividends, dividend-growing um, assets uh, and stocks, and whose insights I found very interesting. I found I found him by by him being interviewed by Jonah Goldberg of all people, not not in the financial sector, but um, he has been running daily podcasts to talk about the impact of COVID on the markets and uh, and. They're about 15 to 20 minutes, and so I listen to them uh, fairly frequently, not every day, uh, and been interested in this. And he re- used a phrase that uh, John Malden, which, uh, who is somebody who I have talked about on this show repeatedly before, um, as, um, has used, a word he's used, to sort of talk about what happens in terms of the national debt. Now, I have repeatedly promised you I'm going to find a way to have a talk about modern monetary theory. I started, I actually put on the Kindle the new book by Stephanie Kelton, The Deficit Myth. Um, I put it on the Kindle. I read a few pages. And I'm impatient. I have lots of books I'm in the middle of reading um, I'm reading, uh, I'm, I'm reading, uh, 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 Jim Grant's, uh, uh, biography of Walter Badgett. Uh, I am reading, uh, I'm rereading, uh, America's Bank by Roger Lowenstein, who I still think is being the best financial historian out there. He's the person who wrote the history to me on long-term capital management. I love, I love everything Roger writes. Um, and so he's still my favorite. And I'm probably insulting a couple of listeners who have written some themselves. I apologize for that. But he's still, he's still, he's still my favorite. Uh, I'll read anything that man writes. Um, and, 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 and not a, not a tip of the cap to, to Michael Lewis, but you're not Roger. Uh, so anyway, I got lots of things I'm reading. So I, I started the Kelton book. I got about, about a dozen pages in. 
wasn't what I was looking for, went back and read the table of contents in detail, went to the index pages in detail. And much like the review that was done by John Cochran in the Wall Street Journal, I am also of the mind that I still have yet to read a paper written for a professional audience that explains exactly what modern monetary theory is. You kind of have to suss it out in the, you know, in 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 the background. You have to figure. So, anyway, I only mention this because some of what I'm about to say sort of relates to that. Bonson points out uses Malden's phrase, which is, which which is Japanification. This and I love. I, I've come to love this word. When I first heard Malden use it, or read Malden using it, my my response was, eh, eh, "I'm not sure that really gets at what. I, I'm not sure I really get what what he means by that." But over the last few months, I've taken a renewed interest in this. And then when Bonson mentioned it on his podcast yesterday, called Dividend Cafe. Um, and and it's available to it's available on most of your podcast networks. Uh, I highly recommend it. Um, as I read that um, or listen to him, I, I I'm I'm persuaded by this. Okay, that in fact, the Fed has now decided that it simply doesn't need to pay as much attention to inflation. One because of the history of the last 10 years. It's expanded money, or at least expanded its balance sheet, far, far, far more than it has at any time in its history. And at least so far, has not paid the price in terms of much higher inflation. Um, And it seems to me, it seems to me, that they now believe they can go a lot further. Indeed, let me give you an example of this. Um, let me give you an example of this. This is, uh, I believe, Stephen uh, Crescenzi, uh, who, is, who is an analyst at PIMCO, a uh, bond trading firm. And he suggests on Bloomberg Television on, uh, on uh, uh, yesterday that, in fact... The Fed is now basically priced in and pinned the lower half of the yield curve, including two-year bonds. Let's listen to this. Play that cut for me, please, Wyatt. It will do something different than it did after the 2008 crisis. What the two-year did after the 2008 crisis was rise in yield a couple of years after the Fed had pinned its policy rate to zero. There was a failure, in a sense, uh, for the Fed to communicate that it would not raise its policy rate within the two-year window. Uh, we at PIMCO, in discussions with Ben Bernanke and even Janet Yellen last year, uh, both of them uh, raised the idea that uh, the Fed need to communicate more clearly about its intentions about policy to prevent what happened. That What happened then was in 2010 and 11, the two-year got to 1%, near 1%, despite the fact that the Fed would not raise its policy rate. Until uh, 2015. And so this time around, markets are more likely to believe the Fed when it says it's not thinking about raising its policy rate and stay near zero. The whole front end of the yield curve is pinned 
it's likely to stay ten years here. The pivot, meaning what will move, where's the point on the curve that <clears throat> things will move, yields will move if if things get better. It's probably further out of the curve than normal. Call it five years, probably seven years plus. In Japan, it's twelve plus years because the yields aren't going anywhere past. So to think about what that means, it's is this: the Fed. Let's let's start. Let, Two-year bonds are a nice, nice, easy way to think about it. You have two strategies if you want to invest your money in in a fixed income security for two years. One, you can go buy a two-year bond or a two-year CD. It pays you so so much, right? Or you can buy a one-year bond this year and a year from now, take the proceeds, put it into another bond at that time at whatever rate you can get at that time, and then you'll have a yield at two percent. Now. The expectation theory of the yield curve, there's a technical term for it, that the expectations theory of the yield curve says those two strategies should over time pay you the same thing because otherwise arbitrage opportunities exist. You would trade, and the market will, will take advantage of those opportunities, will trade on those, bases, on those bases so that at the end, those two strategies will pay you the same yield to maturity over two years. That's what should happen under, under, under the expectations theory. Now, there are other theories, but that one is pretty, pretty predominant in the way we think about markets. What Crescenzi says is in 2008, or excuse me, in 2009, 2000, and particularly in 2010, two-year bonds paid 1%, meaning that your expectation would have been, should have been, that, that, that sometime between now and and two years from now, the interest rates on shorter securities, 90 days, one year, should have risen to the equivalent of 1% a year or to 2% a year to match that 2%, that, that two, that one, to, to match that 1% rate that you could get on a two-year bond today. So you could get zero for a year, then two years, 2% on the next year, and then you'll average out to the 1%. That didn't happen. The Fed did not communicate that its interest rates were, were, were going to stay lower for longer. Despite whatever, whatever it was that Bernanke was saying at the time, that message didn't get through. Indeed, a lot of the criticism of the Fed was, was that the Fed was still, despite everything they had done with QE1, QE2, Operation Twist, they were too tight in 2009-2010. And the market monetarists, not the modern monetarists, but the market monetarists like Scott Sumner and David Beckworth make this point over and over again. The Fed was too tight at that time, and this is an explanation of why. I believe the Fed <laughs> has, in fact, changed its tune and realized they need to communicate lower for longer more firmly. How long do they want to communicate that is interesting, but when they put out that statement of economic projections last week, by saying that they don't think the Fed funds rate is going to be risk, is going to raise till the end of 2022, if they think that's true and markets believe them, there's no reason for anyone to have to pay to receive. There's no reason why a two-year bond should pay an interest rate above z, above 0.1 percent. Right, that should be it. And indeed, a three-year bond should probably pay only 0.1%. If the Fed is actually thinking along this path, this is forward guidance, 
in lieu of yield control that may in fact be very effective in helping the helping manage monetary policy but to make that work they have to continue to buy assets over and over and over again <clears throat> excuse me so i don't think it's japanification that's happening but i think the fed is saying we will do whatever is needed to match the guidance we've given you on where the fed funds rate is going to three four years from now the next move the fed would make if i'm right about this is not regarding is not regarding uh, uh, direct yield curve control but to give you a longer time path for the fed funds rate to tell you we think we're not raising not only we're not going to raise it in 2022 but we don't see ourselves raising it in 2023 or 2024 that communication would be sufficient to pull the five-year rate down to approximately zero but the way they have to make that happen is to actively buy bonds in the market. And that's what looks like Japanification, but I don't think really is. So, but that's where, where I believe the, the Fed is moving next, now that I've thought about this. And Bonson got me thinking about this last night with Japanification, saying, I don't think that's exactly what they're doing, but it's going to look a lot like Japanification. It's going to look a lot like that because they're going to buy a lot more bonds. All right. I'm going to save myself for another time to talk about the purchases of individual corporate bonds. Okay. Except to say I'm struggling to get my head around what what, where they think they're going right now. But I want to reserve time. I still haven't had anybody call me who indicates that they have a background in finance and actually is, is a professional in the industry. Because I have some very specific questions regarding brokerage fees and so forth that I really think I need a professional to answer. But I want to talk about this case of young Alex, the 20-year-old tr- trader who committed suicide after, after thinking he had taken uh, a six-figure loss in, in options trading as a 20-year-old. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Relief Factor, effective pain relief that really, really works. How do I know that? I don't have a script. I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor for two Weeks, yes, two weeks, and my pain was gone, and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com, and then find out for yourself if this incredible drug-free product could work for you as well as it does for me and tens of thousands of Americans. It's so very, very simple. Go to relieffactor.com, order the three-week quick starter pack. It'll be at your door in three days or less. And I guarantee it, Dr. G's guarantee, if you take it morning and evening, as do I, for three weeks, by the end of that time, you will know if it works for you like it works for me. This Father's Day weekend, June 19th, comes a brand new film, Selfie Dad, available at SalemNow.com. 
Selfie Dad is a very funny yet powerful movie about a Christian dad in a midlife crisis who becomes an overnight social media phenomenon only to turn away from God and his family. But when he's confronted with a newfound friendship and the life-changing truths of the Bible, he learns the only way to have true happiness. Some of these things I just can't fix without some sort of direction. And I'm finding it right here in the Bible. God can do incredible things. Selfie Dad stars Christian comedians Michael Jr. and Shonda Pierce, as well as Grammy singer, YouTube star Jamie Grace, and War Room's Karen Abercrombie. It will inspire you to find the life-changing value of reading the Bible. Watch Selfie Dad today at SalemNow.com. Just use promo code MINNEAPOLIS. That's promo code MINNEAPOLIS. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. I wanted to get that last point out and uh, ended up having to move very quickly. But just a quick note, um, just a quick note for you. Um, I'm coming back and moving back into my office, and because of uh, the need for social distancing, my office is going to be pretty far away from a number of other people. So I'm going to need to entertain myself a little bit. I've been thinking about buying one of those uh, smart speakers, like an Amazon smart speaker. When I get it here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tune in by first saying to it, enable Business Radio 1440, and that's going to allow me to listen to Bloomberg during the day. After that, all I need to do when someone comes... When, when nobody's around my office, I'm just going to say, play Business Radio 1440 to stream in high quality. Okay, so if you if you want to do that, just go to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com and use the keyword Alexa, and they'll tell you exactly how to get that set up. I've resisted having an Alexa. There's no way one of them babies coming in my house. No way, no how. But I might put one in the office. And, to, and, and in no small part, because I'd like it to play some Bloomberg for me during the week here on Business 1440. Thank you so much for listening to us today. 651-289-4477. Let me talk about this particular story now about about uh, young uh, Alex Kearns. 20-year-old, University of Nebraska, COVID sends him home, right? And he's living with his parents in Naperville, Illinois. And supposedly like lots of other people, he takes up trading stocks during the pandemic by signing up for, for a place called Robinhood. I haven't even been on their platform, so I don't know what Robinhood is like. Um, 
I'm well aware of day trading for a while, in no small part to help with the education of my spouse, who someday will have to probably manage the family portfolio without me because I have to work from the assumption that she will she will be around after I pass away. I need her to be smart about investments. I let my wife have a stock account. She eventually got attracted to day trading. And rather than just saying, you fool, what are you doing? I said, well, if you're going to do this, then here's some guidelines. And here, if, as long as you live in the guidelines, you can dabble in that a little bit. To make a long story short, she eventually hits 2000 when it comes very, very hard for people to day trade. And to her credit, before she'd given up all the gains she had, she stopped and said, I don't want that account anymore. Take it away. Uh, close it out. And we'll just take what was there. She ended up actually um, quitting before she had lost all of the money she had made in, in day trading. She had actually hit a, hit a four-bagger with that account uh, and gave back about 40% of that, of, of that number. And so she ended up more than doubling the money, and uh, we took we took the profit. And actually, it's the only reason our household has two cars, is because she was able to uh, she she managed to get out in time. So so she ended up with she ended up with a new car as a result of that. Um, anyway, that's the story. So here's here's the second part of the story. Like so many others, Kearns took up stock investing during the pandemic. Signing up with millennial-focused brokerage firm Robinhood, which offers commission-free trading, a fun and easy-to-use mobile app, and even awards new customers free shares of stock. During the first quarter of 2020, Robinhood added a record 3 million new accounts to its platform. As the COVID-19 stock market swung wildly, Kearns had begun experimenting trading options. His final note, filled with anger toward Robin Hood, said he had no clue, quote-unquote, what he was doing. Right. And indeed, uh, Jared Dillion, uh, who, is, uh, who works for uh, Malden Economics, we mentioned them before, we mentioned them before, talks about this, this increase in trading that's happened, in, in retail trading that was happened. This was on, on this station here about 24 hours ago. Uh, here on Business 1440 on Bloomberg. Uh, Would you play the first cut from Dylan, please? Yeah, I wouldn't even say it's really mom and pop. I mean, these are young people. I mean, these are people in their 20s and early 30s. And I I think people underestimate the scale of what is happening. I mean, you saw that Robinhood had 3 million accounts opened in the first quarter of a loan. Wow. You're talking about, you're talking about just millions of people that have dived into day trading. And the interesting thing about this is that, you know, for the last 10 years, there were a lot of retail investors that, um, jumped into the market, but they did it the right way. They did it slow. They did it with index funds. They paid low fees. And just over the last six months, everything has gone out the window. And I do believe that's happened. I, I, I've, I've, I've converted the day trader wife of mine into being someone who is, she still wants to pick individual stocks. She doesn't like, but she now understands that there's a role for mutual funds. And so she reopened a portfolio only about, uh, about five years ago uh, because I, I told her, you know, you really ought to have your own, your own IRA. Um, 
because she started to earn a little more money from her from her music and i said and said it's time for you to have it's time for you to have this and so she um she's come back in she does some of it but not a lot but one of the things we've noticed is she said she she remembers from day trade she said we used to pay a uh, we used to pay a commission every time we traded a stock right king and i said yes and she said you know we don't do that anymore and i said yes i know and i wonder if this is in fact the problem okay suppose young mr kearns had to pay 10 dollars every time he traded an option do we think he would have been trading to a point where he had notional value in his his account of over $700,000? $730,000? Or would he at least tried to figure out what was going on there? A screenshot, this is from the Forbes story, a screenshot from Kern's mobile phone reveals that while his account had a negative $730,165 cash balance displayed in red, it may not have represented uncollateralized indebtedness at all, but rather his temporary balance until the stocks underlying his assigned options actually settled into his account. Silicon Valley-based Robinhood is not sharing details of Kurd's account, citing privacy concerns. But the, and, but the article goes on. The tragic demise of Alexander Kearns is a cautionary tale of the serious risk associated with the race to the bottom in the brokerage business. Robinhood, E-Trade, TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab, Interactive Brokers, Fidelity, and even Merrill Lynch have all embraced commission-free trading in zero minimum balances in an effort to attract younger customers many of whom have little understanding of the securities and markets they are dabbling in. And indeed, that's, what, that's where Dylan gets. Let's go ahead and play the second clip from uh, Jared Dylan, please. No, that's, that's absolutely what's going on. People are at home and bored. You know, I actually, um, you know, for five years, I taught at the local university, and I checked in with one of my former students, and he's, you know, living in his mom's basement, quarantined, and he's trading. You know, um, so it's a it's a function of it's a function of boredom. It's a function of getting no action on sports betting. Uh, I think it's also partially a function of the stimulus and unemployment money that's been going out because people are speculating with very small amounts of money. You know, I get questions about people with, you know, they have a thousand dollars to put to work and they're asking about how to trade stocks. They're tra- how to trade stocks, and opening up an account with five to ten thousand dollars or one thousand dollars is kind of you know it, it, it makes it fairly easy. And we think about right, people got those stimulus checks of twelve hundred dollars. You could open an account with that and start trading, right? I think though. That this is a case where, as much as you know, I I love having a liquid stock market. Uh, having more people trading is actually very helpful because when I want to buy a stock or I want to sell a stock, if I decide this is the time to do that, I want to know that there's someone on the other side ready to complete a transaction with me. But I think zero commission trading 
maybe encouraging not just a whole lot more churn in the market, a lot more turnover in the market, but it may be causing us to take less care in how we are investing. I'm a big believer in financial literacy programs. Um, We've created a course that actually teaches mathematics through the prism of financial literacy that we offer to students. When a student needs a course in finite math, we teach it through the prism of financial literacy. It's a joint program that we do here between the economics department, the mathematics and statistics department. Um, It's a great course. I, you know, I, I, I really believe that um, there needs to be more financial literacy for four-year boomers. And one of the reasons I wanted to have someone who's a financial professional on the show was to say, if you were advising a 20-year-old who read the story of Alexander Kearns and said, what do I do? Should I just close my account and run away and hide? I actually would say no. I would actually rather those, your, if, if you are the parent of somebody or if you happen to be one of those 20-somethings who's in the market right now, I think you need to become better educated. It looks like Alexander actually had a pretty reasonable strategy going. He was doing something called a bull put strategy. And if you read the Forbes article, again, I'll retweet it to you during the break here. If he's just doing that, he probably wasn't in that big of trouble. But he didn't understand the sheet he was looking at and took his own life. It's horrible. I do think we need, in our high schools and in our colleges and universities even, better financial literacy programs. Okay? Um, my wife is financial literate because she happens, happens to be my wife. Okay? And I'm able to point her in the right direction to get resources. I get this, this question more often than any other question is, my son, my daughter, or my boss's son or my boss's daughter who I advise is looking for information about how to get into the stock market. What do I give them? I give I I tell them you need a course in financial literacy. The Council for Economic Education in New York, the National Council, provides lots of that material. The Minnesota Council for Economic Education provides lots of that material. Get it, get educated before you step into doing something that's kind of crazy. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan show on Business 1440. Walk on. Business 1440 is KYCR, Golden Valley. Runners, to your mark. Set. Some may see a sprinter. At the NFHS, we see a future leader already off to the races. Some may see a volleyball player. One hit. Way to go, girl. At the NFHS, we see a spike in confidence that will help her achieve her potential. What else do we see? Musicians learning to march to their own beat. We're the NFHS, the national leader and advocate for high school athletics and activities in America, helping today's teenagers develop the skills they need to become tomorrow's leaders. And we see it happening in communities across Minnesota every single day. Learn more about the NFHS commitment to youth at NFHS.org. This message presented by the NFHS, the National Federation of State High School Associations. Pro-life across America, the billboard people. 
Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No, no wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Looking to disinfect? American Pressure has solutions for you. Our mobile disinfecting mister is a cart featuring a high-pressure pump, 15-gallon reservoir tank, and misting and atomizing nozzle with a 50-foot applicator hose. Great for doing large areas and quickly wetting surfaces. We also have Vital Oxide, an EPA-registered disinfectant. Get $5,000 of James Hardy siding for just $2,500 through this special offer from Archer Exteriors in this station. There's just one half-price siding offer. Go to this station's website, click on the half-off home makeover at the top of the page, or call the station now. Whoa, look at all these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream Business 1440. Top shelf choices include TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, our free app, and Radio.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. Business 1440. Just a few moments left of the show today. 651-289-4477 if you want to get one last thing in today with us. Um, I just, I'll just focus on, on, on one. I've been lucky a lot in my life. Um, and one of them was, one of the pieces of luck was uh, having a father who uh, actually worked nights so that my mom worked days. I always had a parent at home, but uh, they would trade so that um, by about 5.30, quarter to 6, my dad was getting ready for bed to get up at 10 and go to work, and that would be my mom time. My dad time was during the days, and one of the things my dad would do would put the newspaper in front of me and ask me to read the closing price, actually all of the prices, the high, the low, and the close, of a uh, company that he had bought. And I want to say this would have been 1965, 1966. I'm in grade school. Um, the company doesn't exist, hasn't existed for years and years. And I even still remember the name of the company. It was Chemway, C-H-E-M-W-A-Y. Um, I remember it, and I would read that. Now, my father was really clever. He gave me education by entertaining me with things I liked. Um, I liked the idea of buying and selling stocks because my father got me to learn how to read a stock page, but he was also teaching me fractions. Even before that, he had taught me how to play cribbage so that I would learn how to count and how to add, right? And the look for patterns. I trace that all back to that particular thing. My parents were avid cribbage players. 
uh, and um, and the, and I could count as well as any kid in school, at least <laughs> until you got to thirty-one, and who I, and I think I was okay even after that, too. And there were poker games, and I learned a little bit about risk even, uh, because my father worked nights. There would be a night. There would be about once a month. There'd be a game of the people who worked the third shift at the plastics plant where my dad worked. My dad was the, was the shift supervisor. And so about every four or five months or so, the game would be at our house. And I would be invited to come and play a hand or two because I used to get to go home for lunch. I didn't have to go to a lunch room at school. I actually got to walk home, have lunch, and then walk back to school for the afternoon. I believe those opportunities for education are highly, highly important. If you are a parent, or particularly if you're a, a teacher, at any age level, I encourage you, I tweeted at Pound KBRS the link to the Council for Economic Education. Some of the best stuff out there on financial literacy is available to you from that website, and pretty much all of it is free. Uh, I... I cannot tell you enough. I mean, it just, the story, I don't know why it bothered me as much, but I want to thank Steve Smith for pointing me in the direction of the story because I had not seen the Alexander Kern story until he sent it to me Thursday night, and then I heard it again on Bloomberg uh, on this station here uh, yesterday and, and was equally affected by that by that story and, and think to myself, a little financial education might have gone a long way. It might have even saved a life. Might have saved a life. Anyway, we'll be back here next week. Uh, thank you, Wyatt, for for the music today. Always enjoy that. Uh, thank you for uh, the, for the cuts as well, and thank you so much for listening. This has been the King Banyan Show on Business fourteen forty. Being in the Army National Guard is about more than serving your country. It's about being there for your community when your neighbors need you most. The Army National Guard makes college affordable, and serving part-time can help you graduate debt-free. Do you want to stay close to friends and family? The Guard allows you to serve close to home. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard lets you have the life you want. Learn more by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. What a wild ride it's been. High highs to low lows. 2020 has been the year of extremes. Tune into this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike to hear lessons you can use from these dizzying economic swings. These are lessons learned sometimes the hard way. When markets make rapid moves up and down, your ability to navigate the extremes can make all the difference for a successful retirement. Listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on Business 1440 or call 855-231-6010. This message is for anyone looking for $500,000 to $1 million or more of affordable term life insurance, even if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or taking anxiety meds. Here's an example. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe overweight with type 2 diabetes, $1 million of term life insurance may only cost about $200 a month. 
We're Term Provider, experts in finding affordable term life insurance for those that may not be in perfect health. If you've had prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or on prescription medications, you may still qualify for half a million to a million dollars or more of affordable term life insurance. Get a quick quote by calling Term Provider at 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. If you're looking for term life insurance but have type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, or have other health issues, call Term Provider at 800-555-2085 or visit termprovider.com, termprovider.com. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the 